Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We are delighted that you've joined us again here in the studio. I've got my good friend David Ham. Hey. And joining us for the ride today, Jesse Carrasco is in the house. Hey. And uh, we're just going to be discussing today a topic that we've kind of thrown around in the office for a little while and uh, finally got the courage to tackle it. Uh, For those artists, for those young Christian musicians and artists who uh, feel like you are called to music ministry as a, and I dare use the term career, uh, but as a lifestyle and a life work. Yeah. Whereby you uh, hope to be able to generate an income, provide for family, buy a new pair of jeans, you know, <laughs> et cetera. We want to talk about some of the industry specifics with regards to the ministry of music. And I always want to use that word ministry of music because a lot of times uh, young artists uh, and artists in general get into the music scene in the Christian church. And they fail to realize that it's a ministry. That's right. And so we want to make sure we drive that point home. This is music ministry. Even if you're touring, if you're doing it on a street corner, if you're doing it at your church, it is ministry. And and the only way for you to recognize and acknowledge the fact that it's ministry is if your motives are pure. We're going to talk about that today and get into some of these motives. What makes you do what you do? What drives you to want to be the next, quote unquote, Top Christian artists, or the next middle of the road Christian artists, or the next the next high demand independent artists. Yeah, uh, I think it's always more than just music. You know, if we really search our hearts, it's always more than that. So we want to get into that today uh, on this podcast. If you are listening, we do want to encourage you at the top to uh, shoot us your comments, shoot us your your statements, any thoughts that you have with regards to this topic as we're discussing. And of course, we will try our best uh, via Facebook, Twitter. Uh, to uh, reach back out to you with uh, our thoughts. So while we prepare for this topic, and I think it's going to be an interesting one, we're going to take a quick break. Don't you go away. We'll be right back. The Adult and Youth Praise Choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor, or singer? A video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then Projection Ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music. Then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved. important things that you and I are going to have to consider for the future is discipleship and mentoring. It's so important. I've been a student of revivals for a good part of my Christian life, and one of the pitfalls of spiritual awakening in any generation is that people come into the kingdom of God, and they have a subjective experience with God, but it never translates into proper teaching, proper discipleship, proper understanding, really, of what my life is supposed to look like as a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Times Square Church is holding six-part teaching on discipleship and mentoring called Authentic Christian Leadership, taught by Dr. Lamar Vest. The sessions will take place once a month on Wednesday nights from May to October. The course is free, but you'll need to register online in order to attend. The sessions will also be streamed live on our website. For more information and to register, visit tscnyc.org. It is imperative that we teach people how to walk with God through Jesus Christ and to be active, vibrant witnesses for Christ in our generation. That's what this is all about. It's not just an accumulation of knowledge, but it comes from a man with a passionate heart to see the church of Christ be the church in our generation. I believe we're going to see a tremendous loss of much of what we've held dear in this country. And people are going to be somewhat afraid of their future. It's so important that we be prepared for the days that are coming upon us. In order to receive the life-giving power from the Spirit of Christ, sometimes we need to go through certain things so that we will not be moved or shaken when unexpected circumstances in our lives arise. Now there is a preparation time so that in the future when things fall apart, um, I can't stand, I can't be unshakable. Unshakable was not about how unshakable I could be, but about the fact that it is the same God who was not unshakable, who's been unshakable through eternity and will continue to be unshakable until the day I see His face. I'm starting to try to not complain in the midst of my trial and suffering and to understand the concept that God has counted me worthy of suffering for His glory. This book kind of refocuses everything and it just reminds you again that we are in a battle but at the end of this battle we win. Read Unshakable if you're disheartened in the way you feel society is headed. Um, It'll give you encouragement um, to draw from it uh, a strength to get through and also be a strength for others. In my heart, it's about getting the message out and that people are ready for the days that are coming. It's only in Christ that we can be unshakable in the coming season. Order your copy of Unshakable by Carter Conlon at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, CBD.com, or TSCNYC.org. All royalties from the sale of this book will go into a fund for the alleviation of human suffering. And we're back. And again, we thank you for joining us here on TSC Music. I'm Greg Thomas. And again, David Ham, Jesse Carrasco with us in the studio. And uh, guys, let's talk about this topic of music industry in the ministry or do we say ministry in the industry mm, i think either way either um, way and we can explore exactly what that means on both ends you said it earlier you know just um that we're going to dive into this conversation um it's needed i think forever needed Absolutely. until the lord comes back um mm. and just wanting to really again go right into the core of it what's your motive um, but yeah, it's like, how do, how, where does that fall in line for me, industry and ministry? And I just, I keep going back and forth with it sometimes depending on where I'm at and, and where I'm working in, in the area of music ministry and what that looks like. Well, and I think it's especially important and can be tricky in that, like you said, you know, you have to provide for your family, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, whether it's, you know, those of us who 
work on staff at a church. We're doing ministry, but right. we're getting paid for it. Yeah. Or those who are doing ministry in uh, in the music industry, right? But you're going after a career. Mm-hmm. Where do you? How do you draw those distinctions? And how do you decide what you do for what amount of money? Without money, you know, yeah. those are things that we all have to face as we are looking to serve the Lord and provide outside of the arena of a quote unquote secular job. You know? Yeah, it's very different from what I often say is um, church work and then the work of the church. Right. Uh, this is a little different because uh, though church work, I mean, church work is clear. We, we, that's what we do when we come in. We answer emails. We, you know, prepare for services. We do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we uh, work with other departments. That kind of that's that's church work. Yeah, which enables us to do the work of the church. Uh, however, when it comes to this fine line between Christian music industry and Christian mini- or Christian music ministry, uh, it is a fine line. It, it often gets blurry. It often meets. In fact, it can't help but meet, uh, especially when you're traveling and you're touring or you're recording uh, or you're, you're, you've got a staff or you've got a staff of musicians or you've got a staff of managers or attorneys. Yeah. That that line is going, those two lines are going to cross whether you want to or not. And a lot of times in the Christian community, there's almost, almost a just kind of stand back and wait to see what happens kind of approach to it as opposed to being uh, aggressive and being uh, preventive if you will no no maybe not preventive is the word I'm looking for but you know what I mean just being proactive on seeking out advice finding the right attorneys hooking up with the right people for the purpose of protecting I think what God has placed in your hands and unfortunately we live in a very uh, well fortunately and unfortunately we live in a world (laughs) <laughs> where they're yeah. people and not everybody is legitimately in this for the same purpose or the same reason that you, the artist might be. in. Yeah. So I think we need to talk about that. Yeah. Well, even just listening to that list that you rattled off there, there comes a, a lot of anxiety with a lot of that stuff that you just said that we have to think through in regards to the industry, in regards to career. Um, and a lot of that anxiety for me comes with just not being able to clearly define all those roles within Christian community mm-hmm. um, and, and being able to understand that within Christian music ministry, those roles need to be defined clearly going forward into your ministry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like sometimes there's this overly this this focus that is a little bit over the top on ministry, if, if you hear me right, mm-hmm. not saying that we should lessen the value of ministry, but we don't attach what we need to know in the industry with what I'm doing in my ministry right. service. Right. So we focus on ministry, ministry. I'm doing this unto God, doing this unto God. Mm-hmm. But you've never defined all the other stuff that you need to know. Yeah. And it's because maybe some of it has been taboo because you've allowed anxiety to keep you from understanding mm-hmm. all of these roles. And all they getting. <laughs> so what are some of those roles that we think we need to to define to help clarify yeah. Yeah. some of those things that may be taboo? Like, can we lay it out there and talk about like, what are, oh, yeah. what are the things goals. that But we before need to we know. get to those goals, I think the heart and the mind and the motive of the artist has to be established. Oh, That's yeah. got to be clear. Otherwise, That's good. you select anybody who says they have a resume 
you know, and drops yeah. names. You know, I've worked with so and so and so and so. Well, that's got to be my guy. <laughs> that's got to be my girl. You know, and yeah. and so you hook up with these, you know, uh, backyard again mm-hmm. uh, attorneys. <laughs> you know. Oh man, I haven't heard that word since I turned on the cartoons. Yeah, and then you backyard realize that against. they don't have a, oh, yeah. a clue what they're doing because your motive was simply not established, and so yeah. What does the heart of the artist need to be mm-hmm. going into this? Mm-hmm. You have to clearly define. It's just like going into business in a sense. You have to clearly define your business role. I mean, you're, you're, in fact, I'm going to be using a book today, and I'm going to just get it out there now because I have owned this book for a little over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I think I've simply just bought every edition. It's up to at least the <laughs> seventh edition. I have the fifth edition in my hand. But it's written by Donald Passman, and, and everybody who's anybody in the industry knows his book, All You Need to Know About the Music Business, not the music ministry. It's all you need to know about the music business. And, and I stressed the difference between that title and what I said it's not oh, yeah. for a very specific reason. Uh, because a lot of times Christians in, in music ministry, again, it's that taboo thing. You you act like you can't read a secular book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A book that wasn't written by a Christian. Yeah. You know, most Christians didn't write the the manual for your car, but I bet, you know, when you needed to change that oil, you figured out something about it. That's right. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. So so the reality is is that we, 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 we need this kind of information. And so I'm using uh, this book because I think it clearly outlines uh, some of these topics. Um, but he, he, he lays out in Chapter 2 business philosophy. Uh, and, of course, as Christian artists, we want to deal with, you know, what is our spiritual uh, philosophy, if mm-hmm. you will, for why we do what we do. And I think for for young artists, and I keep saying young artists, but there's some not-so-young artists. Oh, yeah, there's mm-hmm. some grown folk that yeah, need to hear who this. Are trying to, <laughs> <laughs> who are trying to do this as well, you know, in their latter years. You don't want to go out in the blaze, you know. Um, that you need to clearly identify that. You need to know why you sing and why you want to put your music out there. Why do you even think anybody wants to hear it? Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think, um, again, we keep going back to this, but, um, and you said it, I mean, you pulled out a book here that's completely uh, uh, a business, uh, it's it's the Bible of the music business, yeah. really, if we, if we want to describe it, um, and it's much needed, and we encourage it. Like, it's, you know, praise God that we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide mm-hmm. us, but sometimes we abuse... Um, that spiritual aspect of following the, the Holy Spirit's lead and not recognizing, too, that the word talks about that we should operate in wisdom and in knowledge, seek knowledge, seek understanding yeah. um, and and educate yourself as you move forward. Understanding that vision, that purpose and that goal, that's a great start. So before you can even figure out the roles that you, that you need as a as a business person. Mm-hmm. With your, with your music, I always encourage people, what's the vision, which means what has God been speaking to you for the for the long haul? And then what's the purpose behind your music? You know, that's kind of like a direct, specific uh, agenda that you have that that you can state within a couple of sentences. And then what are the goals to reach that? And so by the time I've grasped my vision and my purpose, my goals are laid out according to the roles I need fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you what are you either of you seeing in terms of artists kind of coming into the ministry coming into the industry now and I mean they may have all kinds of motives what are the some of the things that you're seeing happening right now Yeah that may yeah. or may not be on track <laughs> Right sure so you you get um 
may or may not be. Um, so I get I've heard variations between, OK, myself as an artist, just speaking about somebody in general, but a person might feel like my ministry is to serve the local church, mm. you know, the local church at large. You got some artists that are like, OK, my music ministry is to serve just my church alone. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and then it goes as far mm-hmm. as my my ministry, my music ministry is to serve the country, you know, or it's going to be international or actually and, and there's some that are called to do music ministry and their their art is simply targeting like foreign missions mm-hmm. so it, it's a it's a wide uh wide spectrum of just music artists and that's what i mean by like defining that what's yeah. the vision some might be like man i, I want to be a music artist but just stuff that i want that i want to do is going to reach like different cultures in South America or, or Africa, you know, and they have want to create sort of a world sound, yeah. you know, and then there's something like, oh, I'm a music artist and I want my music to really target the inner city. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, yeah. that's understanding the vision. Mm-hmm. And, and then, but then do we need to take it a step further? Because that part of it deals with our fan base. Mm-hmm. When we talk about reaching yep. people mm-hmm. that deals with the fan base of people who may like your style of music. But then we got to go, uh, I think, a level deeper and say, well, okay, you've got the style down. Right. But now you got to have the content, too. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's one thing to reach them musically with a style of music that they like, but it's another thing to reach them with a word that then challenges and convicts and ultimately changes lives. And see, for me, I think the motive has to be that. You've got to ultimately want to see lives changed. Yeah. Ultimately want to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Ultimately want to see people... Um, you know, just radically change their family tree. Yeah. Because yeah. you chose to follow Christ. Yeah. And and I think if, if an artist doesn't believe that he or she can do that. Yeah. Then they might as well just be pursuing another career. Right. Right. You know, because that's what this is about. I think at the end of the day, this is about changing lives. Yeah. And uh, I've seen a lot of music change lives, you know, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily for good, mm-hmm. you know, and, and music can, has that kind of power that it can move you to make decisions even, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but music that changes lives is, you know, is, is, is the kind of music that I think ultimately is what God is after. He's one yeah. music that will speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, on the, the unadulterated, not ashamed of the gospel kind of message. Yeah. And so let's not just reach a fan base, Let's let's reach them and and see their lives change. Yeah. So like figuring out the purpose, the motive, like as you're saying, Greg, helps again take me to that place where I, I need to fulfill these roles. I yeah. need to get these roles fulfilled. Exactly. So it's like, all right, my purpose because you don't want somebody who has so you might have you might want to bring in a manager one day who's like, Man, I just want to reach the world with the gospel. Mm-hmm. But then the artist is like, actually my music is purpose just to teach church community ah. scripture through my through my content so you need a manager who understands that yeah well, yeah lord here we are in your holy presence here we are surrounded by the king take our hands and draw us as we sing lead our hearts closer to you mighty god we ask by your spirit help us now to stand outside your gates, lead us now before your throne of grace. Lead our hearts closer to you. We want to love you, Lord, and know your love for us. To honor. 
backtrack a little bit because we, you know, we're we're starting to identify like some some good motivation, some good kind of goals. Maybe there you have, but not everybody who's coming into this industry of ministry or ministry of industry, <laughs> whatever we want to call it, right. yeah. necessarily has those kind of purposes or goals in mind. Like, yeah. what are some? Can we? Not play devil's advocate, but kind of flip it. Like, what are some kind of motivations that would not be correct? If you like, mm. if you're if you're kind of going after this, maybe you need mm. to reassess. Well, <laughs> even controversial too, mm-hmm. like because you get some Christian music ministers, Christian artists that are like, I just want to make good art, right? Mm-hmm. Just good art, and um, I, you know, I believe in Christ. I'm growing in my faith. Mm-hmm. I just want to make great art. Mm. And they stop right there, and they're like, "So wh- whatever I feel like painting, I'm gonna paint it." And right. there are some people they have a problem with that. They're like, "No, that needs to be defined a little bit better." <laughs> you know well, what they're kind of using right. it as this is this is just my kind of mode of expression as right. an artist, right. and yes. so just put it out there. Right. It goes back to what you said earlier, Greg. You were like, <sighs> some people are like, "It's just my career." Right. It's my career to make good art. Why can't mm. it? Why can't it just stop there? So there's a question there. Say I'm a I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I love the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. I happen to be a musician, and I need to feed my family. Is it okay or not okay to go after a career as an artist for those reasons? Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's where you allow that career to take you. See, when, right. when, mm-hmm. when you're rooted and you're grounded and your motivation is the love of the Father, then there's something in you. There's a there's a check of the Holy Spirit that's not going to allow you to take that gift and 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 to explore it just anywhere uh-huh. and for just anybody. Uh, because if I were to get up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm a Christian, uh, I'm also a musician and I'm an artist, I just feel like making good art. Yeah. And there are some people down at the club who love good art, so I'm just going to go down and jam a little bit at the club. You know, the more I do that, regardless of how strong I think I am, the more I do that, the more I'm feeding myself, I'm taking myself into those dark places. And the more I'm feeding my spirit, that atmosphere, And before you know it, you know, and let's just say the club starts to grease my palm Mm. a little better than, you know, any ministry I've ever served with. And let's just be honest about it, because a lot of times that happens. The world will pay you financially a lot better than the church can, and the yeah. church will. Um, and, and we can get into that later. There's some sure. reasons for that, some very legitimate reasons for that. Yeah. Um, but let's just say that. What happens is, is if I'm not careful, and usually we're not as careful as we think we are, is that my motivation is now, you know what? I just got that house, or I just got that car. Or, you know what, maybe I just got those Benjamins. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe you just love money. <laughs> and so now you are in... You, you, it's a slippery slope. And yeah. now you're starting to fall in love with the material. And and I honestly think, and I and I can only speak directly from the musician, Christian musician perspective in that um, I know that if God places a song in me and he's given me this gift, he, want, he, he wants me to give this gift back to him. And in doing so... Um, uh, I, I can't afford to compromise it and take it to all of these other places and utilize it for those other purposes because ultimately I'm not using it for the purpose in which he gave it. And that is mm-hmm. to give it back to him. That is, and not just give it back to him, but then to see, and I bring you back to this, to see lives changed. Yeah. And so I, I can't see lives changed for the better 
if I'm, you know, and I don't even know what the latest song is out there, right, you know, right. that. You, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't see lives change if, if my greatest, you know, the greatest song I play is Beyonce's sister thing. <laughs> you know that song. <laughs> you know what I mean? So lives are not being changed for the better. And so I think ultimately for the, and for the gospel sake, uh, uh, I'm talking that, uh, the decision has to be very, very clear. The motives has to be very, very pure. And uh, the only way that they're pure is if they are, I think, in line with Christ's motives, and that is the love of the Father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how about this? Because you talk about, like, if your motivations aren't right, that it that it, it could lead you into some places, some, you know, quote-unquote dark places or outside of the church or into the world. But can you... Can you stay within the realm of the church and still have the wrong motives? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, the mo- the motives have to be aligned with a response to what God's will is. Mm-hmm. And so it's responding to an, uh, um, the voice of the Lord and not simply the place where you're at, you know. So sometimes our art... Um, comes alive just in reaction to the opportunity that presents itself an opportunity, whether it be mainstream or opportunity, whether it be in the church. Um, and I still got to come to a place where what is the Lord telling me I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to play at, whether yeah. a musician or a singer. Yeah. I, I mean, that for me, that's where, where it comes down to. It's like, God, what are you calling me to do? And are my motives, something that you've put inside of me, the passion of my heart to play at this mainstream place or to play for my local church. And sometimes, yeah, I think we can be in the wrong place sometimes. Absolutely. You know, even we might be in the wrong church. um, (laughs) You can be in the wrong church. Under the wrong theology. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden what you're doing artistically in your music ministry is now theology that's not right. Yeah. Um, But isn't, isn't that why... You know, script. When you look throughout scripture, isn't that why the order of priority throughout the Word of God is that God is first? Yeah, it's God first, family. You know, and then others. Yeah. You, you, you understand? And so, if God is the head of our lives, which we often say, if He is first, then that orders all of the other stuff. So, as I allow Him through His Word to order my steps that orders the kind of people I want to be around, that orders the kind of places I want to be in, that orders the kind of fellowship I have. I think ultimately it starts there. If it doesn't start there, then you are completely open to every opportunity. You're open to every offer. You're open Mm -hmm. to every crowd. You're all open to, you know, everything that's rosy. You're open to greener grass, you know, grass that looks greener on the other side. And you get Mm -hmm. over there and the guy that was there before you realized the grass was brown, you know, and so he's not there anymore, you know? And so so it opens us up. So I think for, for artists, young and not so young, uh, need to first establish. Now, if you're doing this under the guise of Christian music, this is what we're talking about. Mm. If you're doing this under the guise of Christian music, then you need to first establish the fact that I am doing this as unto the Lord. That's right. Mm -hmm. First. And he is my first audience. Yeah. And if I can please his heart, I'm fine with that. If nobody else calls, because listen, you're one of many, 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 many thousands (laughs) who have great music or at least think they have and and believe that they have an audience of people who want to hear it. Yeah. And, you know, I asked the question, uh, 
because I think we've all seen it kind of working in music ministry or whatever. You know, you see, you know, here at TSC Music, we're always getting requests. Oh, so, you know, this artist or this minister of music is coming through or this choir is Mm going to be in town. And is there an opportunity? Can we minister at your church? And I don't and, you know, they're coming from all kinds of backgrounds. backgrounds. And, you know, certainly some may have absolutely the right heart. But I'm, you know, the question I'm always asking is, and as I'm just kind of seeing this landscape is like, are there, are there artists who are really just, I mean, for lack of a better word in it for the money? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Who are just like, okay, let me get to the next church, get Mm -hmm. my honorarium or whatever, get over here, make my money, go here, you know, how do you make sure that that's not you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, when I, you're facing the very real reality that you have to put food on the table, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and how do you keep that ministry first when you really, when you do. Yeah. I had to pass a pastor friend who would <laughs> tell me, uh, and in fact, it's become a very popular phrase. I don't know if he coined it or not, but you know, where there's vision is provision. And if God is giving you vision for a full time, uh, music ministry that is to meet the needs of you and your family, then there's provision. And if there's no provision, it's a good chance he didn't call you to do it. Listen, I don't believe that God's going to call me. To, he's going to tell me, uh, I want you in Africa or I want you in uh, Brazil next month for, for 30 days just to minister the gospel. And then he doesn't provide the wherewithal for me to get there, mm. for me to have a place to stay, you know, for me to have a meal, at least one meal a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's yeah. something wrong with that theology. Uh, but at the same time, if I feel that God has impressed upon me to to simply go, and I'm not talking about going in with a career mentality, but to simply go and to preach the gospel to a dying world, then and if I, and I've got the resources, you know, maybe I've got a job and I've got the resources, then I can just get up and go and still be in the will of God mm-hmm. and not not necessarily let me say this right not hold god to saying you know to 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 meeting every need while i'm there does that make sense mm-hmm. in other words he's not obligated to meet that need mm. because i just chose to go but i believe he does i believe he will but he's not obligated to see and i think one 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 of these areas and we're probably going to get into another podcast is that there are times when when god is first of all god is obligated to his word that's right period he's obligated to his word if he says he'll do it then he'll do it. If he says he will, he, he must do it, then he must do it. That's right. And and I think that's one thing we have to establish and reestablish and remind ourselves that he's obligated to that. However, just because I chose to go out and do a good thing doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Therefore, God's not obligated to meet my need while I'm there. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah it's I mean- very simple, but it's very complicated it's tricky <laughs> it's tricky we're gonna take a break and come right back on that complicated note in a minute <laughs> why on my clothes i don't use anything but nature's bounty soap detergent if you're having trouble sleeping you just might need a cloud nine mattress. tired of searching the airwaves for something meaningful to listen to these days Well, on 570 AM, Times Square Church meets every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30, right in the comfort of your own living room. You will be blessed with preaching from God's Word, worship with the Times Square Church Choir, and awesome testimonies of lives that have been changed and are now being used for God's glory. So come and join us every Sunday night from 6 to 7.30 PM on 570 AM. 
We also stream live on the web at tscnyc.org. Listening to you, Greg, just talk about that one side where, man, if the Lord's calling you and then you're moving. You know what that is for me with the music, the music ministry? That's it's the life of an evangelist. If yeah. your motive's right, mm-hmm. you're sharing good news through music, through your art, and you're moving about. But then at the, on, the same, on the same token, uh, there is what I call um, church hopping musicians. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, when I give them that title, I'm thinking about them in a different light. I'm thinking oh, about <laughs> I'm thinking about musicians that really need some discipleship, mm-hmm. that are running around just trying to make a quick buck, yep. mm-hmm. um, that really are not planted yeah. in local yeah. community, mm-hmm. um, and it's just become a good business. Yeah, and the church is responsible for that. I'll oh, be honest yeah. with you, because when I was growing up, that was it was easy. 
It yeah. was, in fact, it was too easy. <laughs> uh, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. It was too easy. And I, when I look back at it now, I can hold leadership in a lot of churches responsible for that. Mm. Uh, because it, it, because the talent superseded any walk I had with the Lord. Wow. In fact, it was rarely, rarely asked, where are you with God? Where are you with the Lord? Rarely asked. Uh, but if I could sit down at the organ on Sunday morning, yeah. if I could do choir rehearsal during the week, you know, and maybe do a midweek service from time to time, yeah, I, I was I was fine. It didn't matter yeah. if I was living in sin. It didn't matter, you know, if I read the word or if I had a prayer life or if I had a devotional life. And the Church of Jesus Christ at large is responsible, has been responsible for that. Now, since we're talking about artists and church hopping musicians, they only can church hop if leadership allows them to. Right. That's good. They can only do it if the pastor or whoever's in charge there, and should be the pastor, opens the door and says, listen, I just have a need. I don't care anything else about you. Can you meet the need? Yeah. That's how easy this has become. Yeah. And that's why we have so many musicians who think that it's okay to just do the church hop thing, you know, mm-hmm. do four services on a Sunday morning. They have no home church. Yeah. They just have four churches that they go to every Sunday morning and now work a full-time job during the course of the week. Wow. Yeah. This is the point where I feel like um, independent artists needs to be defined. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, because everybody wants to have independence. Everybody That's wants to be able scary, to control it? and dictate their own time and yeah. ministry and movement. Um, and, uh, but even leading up to this podcast, we talked about it, the importance mm-hmm. of team. Yeah. So independence, independent artist doesn't mean that I'm my own, you know, self-made man. Right. Running rogue all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about what it does mean, because from an industry perspective, it really does mean that you are, you don't have a major deal with a major art, with That's a major it. label. That's yeah. all it means. Doesn't mean you don't have, you're not. Uh, or you shouldn't be accountable. That's right. Doesn't mean that there's no demand for righteousness on your life. Doesn't mean that there's no demand for accountability on your life. Yeah. Doesn't mean that there's no demand for uh, responsibility and excellence, for that matter, on your life. It simply means in the industry that it doesn't, you don't have a major, major recording deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the independent artist. But I think what has happened in the industry, because the industry has messed over so many young, young artists, that now these independent artists mind this mindset. See, when Paul, I got to read something real quick. First uh, Corinthians fourteen fifteen. Paul says, and obviously he's talking about speaking in tongues here. But yeah. you notice what he says. He says, "For for if I pray in an unknown tongue, uh, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful." But then listen to verse fifteen. What is it then? I pray with the spirit, and I pray with understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. Mm. And when you read that in the context of this text and you then apply it to what we're talking about, Paul is talking about two, two, two things here. He's talking about doing something in the spirit, but he's also talking about having a mental understanding yes. of what he's doing. And I think a lot of young artists, a lot of artists don't have that educational component, that understanding of why they do what they do and how they're supposed to do it yeah. and not... Uh, freak out when the lines cross because again we said earlier that they they are going to cross That's right. and so there's a part of us that is res- that we're responsible for educating ourselves as much as possible if we're going to do this quote unquote independent artist thing mm-hmm. walk away from the industry because there's some benefits 
at being a part of, uh, at, you know, at being a non-independent artist. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know. So can we talk about that? Because I think, you know, for uh, whether you're in the church or you just live in the world and you hear about music, music industry, there's kind of these terms or we hear, you know, there's a record label, there's a recording yeah. contract, there's a manager, there's a, a record deal. Like, what is that? Let's, or you get signed or you're an unsigned artist. Like, what do those things mean? What does mm-hmm. it mean to be signed? What does it mean to have mm-hmm. a record deal? What does a record label do for you? Right. Yeah. The, you guys the general know more consensus <laughs> is that, uh, and this is the stereotype of artists and musicians, that artists and musicians are not very smart. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so stereotypical. In, in fact, it's not. Uh, I don't think it's, uh, it's true. Uh, but and it, it's been it's been it's been said. Artists and musicians oh, yeah, are not yeah. very smart. They know more about their art than they know about the business That's of their right. art. Hmm. Yeah. And so, therefore, you know, and for and for that reason, you know, somebody who was smarter realized who, who's not musical, by the way, decided, you know what, this person doesn't have a clue about the business. Hmm. I can be a business manager. This yeah. person doesn't have a clue about touring and what it costs to fill up a RV and grow across the country. I can be their tour manager. This yeah. person doesn't have a clue about marketing or A&R or repertoire or finding music. I can be the A&R person yeah. or their marketing person. Yeah. They have no clue about how to book an event right. or a ministry uh, program. I can be their booking agent. You know. And free them up yeah. so that they can concentrate on their art. Yeah. And a lot of them have bought that lie. <laughs> yeah. You know, and have made themselves in my, you know, it's, 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 have made themselves incompetent when it comes to the industry or the business side of the music industry. So there are several layers here. There's several types of managers. There's several types of yeah. uh, attorneys. There's several types of, booking agents and things of that nature that one needs as one uh, gets as there is a demand for that artist. Uh, a lot of people want to be artists and a lot of people want to be you know it was the same thing when 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 publishing was the big deal big thing. Mm-hmm. You know keep your publishing start your own publishing company. Well what qualifies you to be a publishing company? And I would ask a lot of artists that question. Well what qualifies you to maintain your own publishing? What are you going to do with it? Because most of them don't even know what a publisher does. Right, right. <laughs> but they want to maintain publishing because they heard that the publisher gets 50% of the royalty share. Yeah, yeah. So we just want to keep that. We don't care what a publisher does, or at least we didn't educate ourselves to understand what a publisher does. We just want the publisher's portion of the royalty. Well, you're not qualified to be a publisher if you don't understand what a publisher does. Right. You, you understand? So you can't, so you have no negotiating power when you walk into the boardroom and you mm-hmm. say, well, I'm demanding 25% of the publishing. Well, what are you going to do to earn that 25%, you know? Yeah. So those are some of the layers uh, of some of these areas, these positions, if you will. So in an effort to educate ourselves here. Yes. Uh, Jesse's keeping if, us on track, Dave, by the way. Yeah, thank you. If, I'm, if I am a young artist trying to get into the ministry, my motives are correct, we're assuming, as a Christian artist. What is the first thing that I need? Do I need to go after a manager? Do I need to go after a record deal? Do I need the manager to get the record deal? Where do you start? Yeah, I've encouraged a lot of um, up-and-coming artists these days to... Uh, 
you know, because a lot of them will attempt to pursue the record deal immediately. Mm-hmm. So they'll they tend to rush a demo or a single or a little album package and pack trying to package up their little press kits and get it. Um, but it goes back to what we've been talking about, which is educate yourself and understand the different roles that are needed for you as an artist. And the more you come to understand these roles and the more you educate yourself, um, you'll realize that a lot of it has very much to do with team and community. Mm. So you want to build a team and then that team becomes like a a community with that surrounds the art and the music ministry that you've been called to do. I feel like this. I, 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 I try to encourage people to understand what it is to be an independent artist. And it's not you running rogue, but it's you developing just a community and a team within your within your Christian community, within your friends and family and church. Um, as you continue to just stay focused on what the Lord is calling you to do, the, the record deals will come. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, or maybe they won't, but either way, you'll be content because you've come to understand that being independent is not necessarily you running rogue, right. but you being independent is still can be fruitful and follow after the will of God, you know. Jesus was independent. Yeah. He was assigned to any major labels. Right. Yeah. That's but, but he was example. also under authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also had leadership. In fact, he even submitted at times to the leadership in the land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Render unto Caesar what's due Caesar. You, you understand? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. he still had accountability and he was still, well, was still under authority. It wasn't just running rogue. But whenever he was asked, why do you do what you do? And I'm paraphrasing. His yeah. response was always, I came to do the will of my father. Yeah. Period. Right yeah. into the point of dying out at, on the cross. Yeah. So I think artists need to establish, like, like you said, they need to establish why why they do what they do. Yeah. But if they can lock into, because see, you can build a team. Let's say you've got your team together. But there's no demand for you anywhere. <laughs> right, right. Nobody knows you exist. Nobody wants to hear your music. They're not coming out. So you have to qualify needing the team. Mm-hmm. And so you got to start, I think, in your immediate circle. And sometimes that's at your home church. In fact, yeah. most cases, that's right there in your home church. It's, it's your family members. It's those people you, you sing to at weddings and you know who call you for, believe it or not, for funerals or things <laughs> of that nature. Yeah. It's that immediate circle, and you start to build that outer ring uh, of following. Yeah. If I confess with my mouth but my life disagrees If my words and my actions say two different things Lord have mercy Lord have mercy If I stand like a Pharisee pointing at sin But I refuse to admit my own weakness within, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, give me one heart undivided, one life living for you, make me one man with one
I mean, maybe this is a dumb question that everybody knows the answer to, but me. <laughs> what exactly is a record deal? Say I'm signing with a label. What is? What am I signing up for? Well, there's no one single record deal. And right. I think a lot of artists think that there's like one record deal and they're all the same. Mm-hmm. None of them are the uh-huh. same. In fact... None of them literally are the same because record companies will approach an artist and will offer different things based on what they think they can get in return. Mm. And so the but the record deal in general includes uh, the almighty dollar sign first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's because that's what that's what brings the artist to the table. Sure. They love music. You know, and they yeah, they want to get their music out, and they want to see people blessed by it. Yes, and let's just say you got a legitimate Christian artist who wants to yeah. see people's lives change and yeah. want to see people come to Jesus. Yes, but at the end of the day, the record company is getting behind you to make other things happen so that you can sell records. That's why it's called the record deal. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're going to make a deal so that you can sell records. And get them out. Now, you have the rare occasion where you've got a record company that's a legitimate Christian record label yeah. who is just as concerned as, you know, for winning souls as they are, uh, you know, making right. an artist out of yeah. you. Just as concerned. However, they're not going in the hole to do it. That's Guarantee right. it. Because nobody goes into business to win souls. You go into business to make, make money. money. Right. So, <laughs> so a record deal is you in some way. Depending on the record deal, yes. you submitting control to, to that record exactly. label. Exactly. So they are going to, in some form or another, if I'm the artist, which I am not, but if I were, I, they are giving me money. I think you money. should be the artist. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they, are, <laughs> they are giving me money 
and they are going to produce a record? Yeah, it depends on the record label in right. terms of whether they're going to give you money. You might have one record label that says we're going to give you $75,000 up front. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an advance. An advance. Which is an advance, okay. which means whatever little few CDs that you sell once that first album comes out, it's, it's all going back, goes to, back to the library. Paying it back to them. There might yeah. be a little little tad <laughs> bit that comes uh-huh. to you, right? But you're not going to see much until you've paid off that seventy five thousand. Exactly. So, and again, and it, and it varies. Um, you are giving up some type of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to serve you, but you're also giving up some type of control. Right. And in um, most cases, you don't get to control um, where you go, what concert venues you do. You don't usually get to control that. It depends on the mm-hmm. size of the label and, and the negotiating power that you have. Um, but this is what the label does. They they arrange concerts. They arrange studio time. They arrange for musicians to be at the studio when yeah. you get there. They arrange for somebody to find music for you if you're not writing your own music. Mm-hmm. Uh, they arrange wardrobe for concerts. They arrange travel. They arrange hotel and accommodations. All of that. They arrange the special riders that come with a lot of <laughs> <laughs> events, you know, grapes. Uh, Pringles, whatever you like. (laughs) (laughs) And assuming they they have a say in even what music you're recording. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they can. Definitely. Depending on the label, again, they can really sway you. Absolutely. Into what your sound becomes and feels like, especially for major labels, Mm -hmm. major companies. Independent labels, there's a little bit more room for you to, to push back. To for them to hear what the purpose is of your music and the indie labels tend to really be a little bit a lot more supportive of mm-hmm. of what you want to do creatively. All right, so now we're getting into because we talked about independent artists, we talk about major <laughs> labels, but now you're talking indie labels. What's in, <laughs> what's that mean? Yeah, so independent labels are, I guess, the best way to describe it. Um, it's the difference between a major franchise company like a restaurant yeah it's the mm. difference between a and p or walmart and your mom and pop mom bodega. and pop yeah. Ah. yeah yeah so it's a, it's a smaller group they're still going to be record you know setting up your recording making yeah. your album yeah. booking your appearances right. they, or whatever they, but they but may not have the distribution network they may not have the reach the they don't have the name so instead of doing it all on your own with your little team, which you would be doing as an independent artist, you're still hooking in with a label, a label. but they're just real small. Smaller. Yeah, one of the benefits to the indie labels, uh, one of them, for example, being like Reach Records and my personal experience with Andy Minio, is that indie la- indie labels tend to feel a little bit more like family, mm. and they have more of a feel, more of a community feeling. Whereas major labels sometimes can feel like all business and there's really no personal connections that you make through the executive company, executive mm-hmm. staff and leaders. But with indie, indie labels, the executive team tends to be a lot smaller. They function more like a small family. And it's actually um, sometimes that's easier to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what contributes to that is that the major labels often approach the deal from the perspective of what can we get out of it. That's right. Mm. Where an independent that has a good community approaches it from the opposite uh, perspective. How can we it's serve not, you? How, it's yeah. how can we serve you and benefit at the same time. Yeah, so yeah. it's a kind of a, you know, they, they play more of an equality game there as opposed to, you know, you've got great talent 
and we're going to exploit it as much as possible for our gain. Mm. Major labels. Some of them, again, are legitimate and they yeah. think a little differently. But uh, I think we can look at the industry today and see how it's changed and safely say that the vast majority of major labels has have functioned that way, which is why this industry is changing so much. Very this much, is why yeah. some young engineer is sitting in a room somewhere even right now trying to figure out how to make music more free than it already is. Mm. Mm. Now, you shared something with us earlier that kind of gives a, a good clue into kind of maybe some of the pros and cons of major label versus yeah. smaller label. Yeah, just from a personal experience uh, and just working with... Um, you know, and we've brought him on the show, Andy Minio. You know, there was a season Who where... Who is this guy, anyway? We keep oh, talking about man. this. Okay. <laughs> this young Christian rapper, Christian artist. I remember a podcast where we talked about that. <laughs> Do we lead out with the word Christian, you know? You know yeah. But all in all, he's a, he's a wonderful Christian young man who loves God and doing some great, great work in ministry. Um, but anyway, he... Um, at the time, before signing to Reach Records, we were looking at three different contracts and talking with three different companies. And one of them in particular uh, sat him down, offered him 75000 up front, and then just rattled off this tour that he was going to be on and all these people he's going to open up for right away. Boy, did it sound good sitting in there. Really good. Very attractive. Super exciting. Man, we were going to travel all over the place. Then we came over to Reach Records, and they said, well, we really don't have a a tour planned at the time. We're working on something. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have that much money to give you. And the numbers were well under, um, well under than th- that uh, figure that from the other company. And they said, but we are, we, we function like a family. We do want to serve you. We want to hear your heart and what the motive is um, behind your music. Um, and we get together a lot and we have community and we pray and we have devotional times and we just, we even take retreats together and just ask God to lead us. Boy, when he when they laid that out, Andy, it was very clear to Andy walking away from these meetings. Said, "I want community, I want fellowship, I want family. Um, that means way more to me, and uh, one of the best choices in life that he's ever made." Yeah, who would have thought I stepped inside a strange station? Then get hit with some inspiration. It's amazing. The most beautiful pieces of art come from the ugliest situations. So I praise and rejoicing in my suffering. Cause I know he's got a masterpiece in the making. And I ain't scared of death nor Satan. Cause I know his hand that my name is engraved in. This right here is a proper statement. I am not the artist, I'm the canvas that he's painting. Like I remember last year being homeless. Sleeping on an air mattress, but on the phone with three record labels who to go. I know that you like to fix things with them tools that are broken. So when them dark nights of the soul, I know enough to know to trust you with what I do. All right. Bad days, obstacles, too much for me to remember. Let me back up. Now I can see the whole show. Like you made something out of nothing. Nothing. You made something out of nothing. Sitting back, meditating on creation Thinking how you made everything out of Nathan With a statement, you sustain it Let there be, and there is My brain can't contain this It's why the fame and the claim is so dangerous It'll make a heart sing that my name is the greatest So Josh, Rich, Ray, Alex, Dave Call me the repentance if I ever go astray If that money ever get in the way Then I burn it, the price for my soul Is something I couldn't pay Sometimes I read them articles, believe in what they say Sweating my own press, got you so unimpressed. Nah, 
become a mess Made out of dust to return to it upon death My soul rest and yet Been making heels out the ones who've been rescued Who cares if they remember my name if I forget All right. Bad days, I suppose Too much for me to remember Let me back up, too close Now I can see the whole picture You made something out of nothing Nothing All right, so with that example with Andy Minio, you were saying we a lot. Mm-hmm. So what is your role with Andy? Yeah, well, you know, I had the wonderful opportunity of being his manager for six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently right now, Lord has just moved me on. You know, it just it goes from what we've been saying about uh-huh. just responding to the voice of the Lord. But still all in a great relationship and now being able just to testify and share more about it. But I will say this, that I have a habit of saying we because we knew that the management and the artist role should feel like a partnership. Uh And whether it was the two of us or three, four of us, we knew it should feel like a partnership. It should feel like a family affair. Um, And and in that, it becomes more of a joy ride. Yeah. Because I think that leads into some of the other stuff that we had wanted to tackle in this podcast, but I think is going to be part of part two, which is the roles of the team, yeah. which you talked about, you know, yeah. your, your manager, personal manager, business manager, agents, attorneys, you know, and some people call the last group groupies or fans. Oh, they are, they are, they are there. Very, very important. Yeah. But they are a part of the team, believe it or not. Because yeah. without them, mm. you don't need these other people. Oh, I've got stories. So they're on the bottom to hold all the others up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think we do come back and we, uh, finish this topic yeah or this these topics we trust that you are enjoying this topic it's it's a new territory for us we've talked about it a lot but this is the first time we're actually getting to get into the meat of it and we hope to have uh some guests in the coming weeks uh to join us uh some industry veterans uh who love god with all their hearts and so uh you need to stay tuned to this segment uh and to this track of the TSC Music Podcast, and that is the business side of the music ministry, if we can call it that. So yes, we're going to continue this conversation and follow us on this particular track of the podcast, which uh, is going to focus more on the business side of the music ministry. Uh, This is where the industry and the ministry meet, and uh, we're going to be talking about that a little more right here on TSC Music with the mission, Dave Ham. So glad to have you again, Jesse. Oh, always time. good to have you. Make My sure pleasure. you come back next time and jump in on this conversation with us. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on TSC Music with a Mission. Join my king in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music. 
Produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas. Mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn. And I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we speak with worship leader, choir director, vocal coach, and music industry veteran, Conrad Robinson. Conrad Robinson.